Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Graham Bolden here. I'm so glad to have you here with us today on episode 440 of the Speaker Lab podcast, where I'm joined by uh, my friend Corey Carlson to talk all about relationships. Now, don't worry, the Speaker Lab podcast is not rebranding to a dating advice show, but rather Corey and I are going to be addressing the harsh reality that many of our loved ones face when speaking can really get in the way of relationships, especially whenever you are, you are hustling and traveling all the time. This subject is really near and dear to my heart because, and I I talk a little bit about this in my book, The Successful Speaker, but starting a speaking business can be incredibly taxing on your family and personal life. You got to be super intentional about setting aside time for your personal life while also growing your speaking platform. And for me, that could mean like blocking aside family time on my calendar well in advance where I draw a hard line and won't take any engagements. Or it could mean like maybe bringing my family with me to a speaking gig in a cool, far off location. Or as Corey's about to talk about, it, it could mean that you're just taking time to rebuild your circle of close, supportive friendships. Now, before he had become a speaker, Corey had an incredible career where he shot right up to the C-suite, but he was really struggling with work, following him home and getting in the way of time with his family. With the help of an executive coach, he was able to reprioritize to make time for what really mattered and ultimately ended up quitting his corporate job, wrote a book, dove into writing, speaking, and coaching full-time. Now he helps executives who find themselves in a similar spot, uh, and he's helped them by balancing both work and and home and winning at home first so that they aren't just pouring from an empty cup whenever it comes to their spouse, kids, and friends. So today, Corey's going to be walking us through some of those warning indicators that you're stretching yourself too thin between home and work, how to emerge from the chaos. And I cannot think of anyone better to talk about this topic that I'm really, really excited for you to hear this episode. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Corey Carlson. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Hey, today we are chatting with my buddy, Corey Carlson, and uh, going to be talking about how to balance being a speaker and entrepreneur, but at the same time, not doing that at the detriment of your family and your relationships, the people that matter most to you. We're going to talk about winning uh, in your, your business, but also winning at home. And so uh, Corey is, is a wizard at this. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I talk a lot about who you are is more important than what you do. And I love being a speaker, love being a podcaster, love being an entrepreneur but the most important roles are being uh, successful at home with my wife, with my girls. I know Corey feels the same way. So Corey, thanks for uh, joining us today, man. We, we're glad you're here. Grant, thank you very much for having me and uh, just honored to be here to get to talk about about speaking to uh, the Speaking Lab uh, expert. I mean, come on. Let's get after it. So uh, before we, we jump in here, we're going to be talking about your speaking journey as well as balancing you know work, work and life. But uh, give us some context here. Who is Corey and how does speaking fit into your world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be here on a podcast talking about speaking, executive coaching, writing, it was never 
it was never part of the the plan. I, I never thought that would happen. I'm a civil engineer by degree. I'm a sales guy by career. So I basically had a 20-year corporate career. And at one point, about, about 10 years ago, I just, I was in over my head. I was managing people older than me. I leapfrogged my boss. I was now managing him. And just, I was, you know, vice president of a $120 million division. And I was finding myself skipping the gym, uh, you know, not doing quiet time. The kids would be playing on the floor and I'd be working with my laptop on my lap. And I was like, there's just got to be a better way. I can't keep doing this. And, and so I talked to my boss who I loved and I just like, Hey, we're, we're traveling different directions all the time. I, I would love some help. How do I get help? And he's like, get an executive coach. I've always had one. And you know, that sounds, you know, it sounds crazy, but I, I got one. It changed my life and it just, one, that's what I do now for a living. But also, I just became a better father, a better husband, a better leader. I just, I, I saw like the world a little differently. Instead of being chaotic and busy, I was able to take a little bit more control of my life. I took one more corporate move where I was president of sales for a national contractor, had 30 salespeople throughout the country reporting to me. And these were the tools I was using. I was talking to them about dating their spouse. I was talking about time blocking dur- during their day to you know, to get more sales calls and be intentional with their kids. And and what happened, Grant, is they also got better. And I was like, well, if I got better, these 30 people got better and company profitability improved, I want to go do this for a living. And so I took the risk of uh, deciding to leave corporate and leave the, you know, the C-suite to basically start at ground zero at coaching and speaking and see what could happen. And so that's what I do now. I coach, I speak, and and my heart is to help leaders win at work and win at home because a lot of people don't think you can have both. Something's got to give. So uh, one of the things you touched on there was it sounds like a big turning point for you was hiring the coach. Uh, What was it about bringing a coach in and bringing in that outside perspective that made such an impact for you? Well, Part of it is I was reading the books. Uh, you, know, you and I both got books up behind us right now on our bookshelves. I, I was reading a ton of books. I was listening to lots of podcasts. I was paying attention to stuff on the internet and leadership. And it just, it wasn't working. Like I would read all these things and then like one book would say, hey, do this square method. It's the best. And then another book would say, do the triangle method. It's the best. And I just was, I, I would almost like, you know, Paralysis by analysis is like, there's all this great information out there. I don't know what to do. I need help. So, you know, the old saying is, you know, what got you there won't get you there. I felt I was there. Like, I have access to all this technology, all this information, but yet I need a guide. I need someone just to say, hey, do the square. (laughs) Don't worry about the triangle. Don't worry about the circle. Do the square. It will help you grow and, and let's go. And that's exactly kind of why I want to coach is it, it, I was tired of trying to do it on my own. And if I could have someone to guide me and, you know, be outside perspective and accountability, then that's what I wanted. And so were there any, any specific ahas or epiphanies that they gave you that you feel like you could not have arrived at on your own that helped you to go, okay, uh, now this was right in front of me the whole time and I just missed it and I didn't see it. And they helped to illuminate this to me and it, it like it really changed things for me going forward. Yes. A, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, call it ahas. One I, I didn't know was out there and that was a, a framework. 
a particular framework of how I just uh, I look at life now. And it's just it was called the five. It is. It's called the five capitals. And it's this idea if you live these capitals in the right order, it can be a life to the full. And so the first one is spiritual. And for some listeners that, that you know, may be God, for others it may not be God. It could just be the universe or something greater than themselves. And and so how are we growing in that? What you know, it, you know, Harvard did a study years ago said all great ideas come from the shower. Well, those great ideas come from the shower because there's no nagging spouse. There's no crying kids. There's just no technology. We're just in there and it's quiet and we can think and we can discern all the different noise we're hearing. I mean, we've all been in that meeting when someone says, while I was walking the dog this morning, I thought of. And so that's that idea of spiritual capital. How do we get more of wisdom and discernment? The second one is relational. Who are you doing life with? So dating your spouse, being intentional with your kids. Do you have friends? And are you spending time with them or is it all about work? Then the third one was physical. Time and energy. I mean, we can't do anything good for our families or our teams if we're exhausted, if we're not getting to the gym, if we're not eating properly, if we're staying up too late. And then the fourth one's intellectual, which is about insights and ideas. Fifth one is about financial, which is obviously about making money. It's also about generosity. It's also about how are you spending your money on an you know, adventure and experiences as opposed to things. So that was one thing I didn't know. All right, those five capitals. It's been a crazy good framework for me. I use it for annual planning. I use it for decision making. And it's just something I think about and grade myself each week on how those capitals. But then some of the items that I knew and you said is just an aha you thought of. The biggest part, Grant, and you've seen this in your own coaching that you've done and masterminds is outside perspective and accountability. I mean, sometimes that's just the some of the biggest help that you can get is someone to see, hey, are you going to do these three things the next time we talk? And if I see my coach, I still have a coach. I'm a coach you know, for a living, but I still have a coach a couple of different times. And if I see their name on the calendar for Thursday at two o'clock, it's like, oh, I better get this stuff done. And that's what I love about it. it. It helps you. A coach helps you identify the goals that you want and then the accountability and encouragement to push you to get there. Right. Now, how does speaking fit into the mix as far as uh, like when when did you first start speaking? Was that while you were in this VP role or where did that play into things? Yeah, I would speak in the corporate role as far as just, you know, typical corporate speaking and hey, you need to go talk to the team. When speaking became a revenue generator for me or an outside of corporate is when I left corporate and I published my first book in 2019 called Win at Home First. And really, I wrote the book, went home first, because I lost the I lost it home first. And so I put together tools and ideas that helped me win back at home. And then information I shared with clients, and it helped them. So what ended up happening is I kind of did a book tour, or I'd, or I'd speak to companies that went home about went home first and what that could look like. And so that's when the speaking began, is I... Wanted to promote the book as well as some people are reaching out to say, hey, I love our coaching sessions. Would you please come talk to my company about this? So is that the main idea that you still speak on today is winning at home? Yes. The main idea is to talk about winning at both work and at home. And what's cool about, you know, with a lot of companies, so many companies are just talking about work. Hey, you need better time management or, you know, how can we, you know, we improve your sales calls or, you know, it's something tied into production. 
And what's what's interesting is I'll start off my especially my workshops since it's more of a you know participation uh, from the audience. But I'll start off with like I write down three challenges you're currently facing. I don't care what they are, the work related, home related, your your back hurts, your you can't stand your boss, <laughs> you're stressed about the project you're working on, and will you hit the deadline? You got a teenage daughter that's stressing you out. Whatever it is, write down your challenges. No one's going to see it. Then next, I want you to assign, is it personal or professional? So personal, pretty much outside of work. And then professional is obviously inside that kind of eight to five uh, hours. And then by a show of hand, raise who has more professional challenges. And most often, Grant, it's, it's 10% of the room. And then for, hey, for visualization purposes... If you have more personal challenges and professional challenges, raise your hand. And obviously, it's the remaining 90%. And it's like, that's exactly why we're here today. Is yes, we've got work demands, but all of us are showing up to work with challenges. So have more grace for yourself because you're not the only one with some screwed up stuff. But also, have some empathy for your coworkers. You know, they may not be handling a meeting very well. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their spouse. It has to do with, you know, just... Maybe their back hurts. And so whatever the case may be, and by just bringing visual, visualization to it, it just allows those workshops to just be pretty darn fluid and fun because there's some vulnerability. There's just some just some good openness. And so I, that's that's my heart. My heart is to talk to leaders that hey, you can win at work and win at home. I mean, I can talk work. I can do KPIs. I can do time management. But it's also, it's all, it's, you know, hey, are you being intentional at home? Right. Now, uh, one of the other things I'd be curious for, for as it relates to the speaking side of it is, uh, the primary thing it sounds like that you're doing is the executive coaching. Then you do some speaking. Do you speaking as lead generation or what's the win for you with speaking? Speaking is both lead generation and it is a revenue stream. So from a, you know, breakdown in, you know, revenue for me, 60% of my revenue is coaching 20% 20% is um, a mastermind that I lead and then, or masterminds. And then the other 20% is speaking. And it's, but speaking's way on the uptick. Now that I, I wasn't able to quit, you know, quickly pivot as you were during 2020 and, and going to Zooms, I was, I was just building the speaking business. And so now that everyone's getting back together, that's helping me. So that I, that will go up. I mean, that's a decision I've got to start making of what I'm doing. And as far as you know, revenue versus business development. I mean, it's kind of a combination. I just got to think through what makes the most sense. Um, you know, I, I recently was just in Seattle. That was a that was a paid speaking engagement. In Orlando, paid speaking engagement, and then I just talked on the phone today where a, a church asked me to come talk to seventy men. Well, that's obviously going to pay a lot lower than the other trips, but it's just, it's worth it. I've got a chance to talk to 70 men of how to be better fathers, how to be better husbands, how to not take their identity to work. And so that's part of the mission. You mentioned, uh, you know, whenever you do the kind of the, the workshop exercise of personal versus professional challenges, I'd be curious if we go back a few years when you were in this VP role and just kind of the, you know, the hard charging role, if you were to make your own list, uh, kind of what you've alluded to, it sounds like perhaps, you know, you'd have maybe more personal than professional. Like what was life like 
at that point for you? Because it's one thing for, you know, to be stressed and tensed and overwhelmed and have a lot of, of, of irons in the fire and just a lot of plates spinning and just kind of go like, hey, it, it is what it is. And this is the way it's going to be. And even with a coach, like I, maybe I can I can temper some of that, but it's still going to be there. And so like what was what was life like at that point that led to kind of a breaking point going like, OK, I have to do something different because it sounds like what your work and personal life look like today is vastly different than a few years ago. So kind of lead us into like what was that breaking point where it's like, OK, I, I can't keep doing this at the in the way or in the pace that I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, there's a I'd say there's two big examples that are standing out right now is one, I had no friends. And I and I know that it sounds extreme. It I had guys I could call and go get a beer with for sure. I had guys if there was a game to go watch, I'd go watch a game or meet up for coffee. But I had no one I was really doing life with that we knew the deep things about marriage or about kids or just overall. And the reason being grant is because I was during the week, I was traveling Monday through Friday. I was super employee. Then I'd come home on the weekend and try to be super dad and super husband. And so all in. And eventually I was kind of got to this point where I just felt lonely. Like my cup was empty and talking to some different people. It's like, you need some people pouring into you as well. And so that was one of the indicators. And, and, and the reality is there's many business leaders that don't have a lot of friends. They feel guilty. They're working all the time. And then they think, oh, well, I, I better not go hang out with my buddies because my wife, my spouse would get mad or, you know. And the reality is for at least now, for a long time, I didn't even ask Holly if I could go hang out with people because I, I just assumed she'd say no or I this guilt. But what ended up happening was after you know having some mentors tell me I should get some friends and have a more frequent orbit with some guys. And so I did. I started putting together a, every Thursday morning. I get together with a group of guys. And now we have an annual guys trip uh, to Florida in January. And now it's this orbit. Well, what's cool about it is Holly wants me to go do it. Because when I go to this weekly meeting with these guys – or the annual trip in January, I come back better. I come back full with, I've been laughing all week, or I've got ideas of how to be a better husband or father. And likewise for her. I love when she spends time with certain women. Now, if I was going out with guys that were just kind of dirtbags, and you know they, they were you know talking about how they don't like their wife, and they're talking about the waitresses, or whatever it was, obviously she would not like that. But you got to surround yourself with good people. So that'd be one is I did not have a good friend life. And I know a lot of business leaders don't have it. It's it's easy. It's low hanging fruit when I work with clients. It's talking about when's the last time you had some fun with some buddies and they can't think of it. So that was definitely one of them. And then the other is just my schedule controlled me. I, uh, I had a uh, assistant that had access to my calendar and was just throwing everything in there. I, I didn't know how to say no. Then came to my personal life. I had to say yes to every barbecue and every happy hour and anything I got invited to. So I had a chaotic, overly busy schedule. And it just, I felt like I had zero freedom in that. And then once I started getting a coach and learning how to prioritize, if it doesn't align, you know, with my vision, learning about automate, eliminate, and, you know, all just all these different things, I just started looking at my calendar differently. So Coaching helped me get better, having friends, being intentional at home, 
and controlling my schedule. You, uh, I want to talk too about the kind of the transition that you made there where you, uh, again, you, 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 it sounded like you had a very successful career. Things were going well. You were busy, overwhelmed. A lot of people may feel busy, overwhelmed, but ultimately at some point there was some desire to do your own thing. And so leave the quote unquote stability, security, what you knew and probably a solid paycheck and, uh, what was providing for your family. And Hey, I'm going to go chase a dream. I'm going to go do something different. I'm going to, uh, pursue the coaching and the speaking thing. And so what was that transition like? What was the conversation with your, your wife like? Like, just kind of talk us through how that transition yeah. took place. The transition was, there's a couple parts of the transition, but uh, probably about for a year, I was wrestling with, I want to go coach for a living. I want to speak. I want to share this information with people. But I didn't have the guts. I didn't have the guts to quit. And, and go start, you know, going from, I mean, it, it was the most amount of money I may, ever made it at that time in my life. And by design, my wife, do, do, you know, does, doesn't work outside the home. And we had three kids and, or still have three kids, but at the time they were um, like 13, nine and, you know, f- you know, five. I mean, so they were young and as far as, it just a lot of different things. So I didn't have the guts to do it, but I wanted to do it. And I, it'd be a tension point. And I would try to talk to my wife about it and then be like, Hey, well, what are we going to do about insurance? Uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And so it's just this constant battle going back and forth. And I try to do some coaching on the side, but that was too hard. Cause now it's cutting in the evenings and it just got sloppy and stressful. And what ended up happening is I usually tell all my clients to be bold and take risk and go for it. Well, in this particular situation, I someone made the decision for me we were owned by a private equity group and they we made a, they made a bunch of different changes and i was one of the executives that was terminated and so what ended up happening was i got terminated and then i called my wife and i said babe i got good news bad news uh bad news is i just got fired from you know my highest job best title all that stuff i said the good news is i got four months severance package can I try to build this coaching into something? And she said, yeah, go for it. You got four months <laughs> and then go get a, you know, and then go get a real job. And so actually she was much more loving than that. But in, in, so I hustled for those four months and I couldn't get it all the way. And so this is hopefully inspiring or motivational for our listeners. I could not get it to hundred percent. I, I, I couldn't, I got it to 50%. Uh, it wasn't exactly 50%, but I got it to a point that, hey, this is good. 50% of what I made, now I need to go find the other 50%. So what I did is a local manufacturer here in Cincinnati, uh, I helped with sales and business development. So 50-50. So I left the big corporate career, and then I got to this position of 50-50. 50% coaching, speaking, and then 50% doing sales and marketing for a local manufacturer. And then over the course of... um couple years it went from 75 25 and then it went to 90 10 and so i stair-stepped it to get and then grant i decided to go all in march 1st 2020 that's when i went all in to uh uh-huh. oh man great timing. Uh, perfect timing actually it, it ends up being great timing but no for a little bit so march 1st i went all into coaching and speaking and that was the revenue we were excited here we go this is this is gonna be incredible for us well friday march 13th is when 
the, the stay-at-home mandates, all that kicked in. And on that particular day, I get, and you probably got some similar emails as well, but on that day, I got emails canceling a couple speaking engagement in Washington, D.C. and in Kansas City. 35% of my revenue vanished in one day. And for me, that was obviously scary. And why did I leave corporate? Why did I do this? And so I was mad and I was frustrated. And for me, I'm like you, I mean, I'm a man of faith. And so there's a lot of quiet time I was having and I was frustrated at God. It's like, wait, I thought we did this together. Like green lights, all the you know things were happening and growing. We did the stair step 50-50, 75, 25, 90, 10. But here is down. It's crashing to lose 35% one day. It's like, no, what happened? So over the course of a few months, I just kind of had different content coming my way, whether it was scripture, whether it was inspirational guests on my podcast that were telling stories of resilience, whatever the case may be, I started just kind of put together some different content that was helping me to get back up. And then I ended up over that course of a year, had 60 different one-on-one clients and they would on a call, they'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking through this or I'm struggling with this. And I'd share a piece of that content I would put together for myself. And I was like, here, I, I wrote about this this morning for myself, or here's, here's a, something I was you know noodling over. And so it got battle tested, this content. So I put it together in a book after it helped them. And that's called Rise and Go. That's my second book. And that is just the whole thesis of that book is that all leaders get knocked down. It's just the great leaders get back up quicker. So what could it look like in your life if the next time you got knocked down, you got back up quicker? And mm, That's good stuff. When you were let go, uh, it sounds like it was, again, like you said, kind of simultaneously the, the best and the worst thing. Do you think if that had not happened that you would have made the leap to uh to take some steps toward the direction, maybe not go all in from day one, but take some steps in the direction of doing coaching and speaking? I hope <laughs> I would have done that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I will say I, I had some um, stressors going on in my life that were starting to na- actually start to take place. One of them was uh, TMD. So when you grind your teeth, like many people grind their teeth. You know, many people like wear mouth guards going to bed when they sleep and or night guards. And so I would wear one because I knew I grinded my teeth. But before I got terminated, I was so stressed about this that I one night uh, we were at we were at a downtown um, Cincinnati at a party and I went to go take a bite of a taco. And when I went to go buy take a bite of this taco and got it near my face, it just boom. It just broke in my face. I was like, what? Like, like, what just happened? Like, did my brain forget to tell my mouth to open? Like, that's crazy. What happened? And so uh, I, I kind of, I was like, I'm still hungry. And now I'm also curious about my mouth. And so I kind of put the taco back together. And as I moved it close to my mouth, I was going slower. I was like, brain, tell mouth to open. And my mouth would not open large enough to fit a taco. And so I obviously did what you should never do. I Googled it. So, you know, you don't Google that stuff. That stuff's scary. But I have a good buddy who's a dentist. I called him and said, hey, here's what's going on. He said, you probably have TMD, but you got a severe case of it. And you pretty much got lockjaw. 
So for about uh, six months, I could not open my mouth large enough to fit a taco in. And so the stress was starting to kick in. So Grant, I think at some point I may have just said, I can't keep doing this. Like it's starting to encroach other areas of my life to, you know, getting lockjaw and in, in different things. But it, it, unfortunately, I think for a lot of us, sometimes our body has to trigger something that we're, if we're not being bold and t- making those decisions. So unfortunately for me, um, when I got terminated, got the severance package, it, it, I just started to get freedom already in my mouth. Like it, it, you could just see it was like a breaking, a, a breaking point in a good way, like a more breakthrough. Yeah. For people who are listening, who are, let's say they're in some type of corporate job, maybe they're speaking on the side or working towards going all in as, as speakers. And they're struggling with that same balance that you had initially of going like, I'm kind of, you know, to some degree, I'm at the whim of my employer and, and, uh, they're the ones that, that provide a paycheck that allows me to, to, you know, provide for my family, but at the same time, pursue this speaking thing on the side and try to build that up. And it's, it's just, it's just a lot right now. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to take care of them. I'm trying to take care of my family. I'm also trying to build a, a business outside of that as a speaker. And there's just a lot happening right now. What advice would you give to them on, on just how to, how to balance it all and, and make sure that they're not, uh, uh, lo- losing at home and, and ultimately really costing them. Yeah. I, th- I mean, you know, one is definitely establishing boundaries because if you win, you do make that jump. You there, there's still it's, it's crazy when you're then working for yourself as a solopreneur. You never want to stop working either because it's, there's always another LinkedIn connection to get. There's other no always a post to do. There's always someone to be like, you know what? Oh, I need to reach out to them to speak to their company, and so. It's not like this is just a one-time deal where you get this figured out now and then you don't have to worry about it. Because when you're a solopreneur, I mean, it's you want to work all the time. And so it's it's establishing boundaries. Like, what is, do you and your spouse agree to? Like, hey, maybe on Tuesday nights you work late to, to work on the speaking. Maybe two Saturdays a month you work on speaking to, to do business development, but find out what is going to be sustainable for the family because working all the time, that's not sustainable and no one likes that. And so figuring out some boundaries and then also just having faith in this idea that when you work, you can get the work done. I remember when I, when I wrote, uh, went home first book, I came across this idea of Parkinson's law where work will expand to fill the time that's allowed it. So basically if you had eight hour day and you had six hours of work, it's going to take all eight hours because you're going to look at Facebook and then you'll start to work. Then you'll get up and go to the bathroom. Then you'll come back, do some more work. And so you just see how it expands to fill the time. And I think for anyone who is in business right now, that's happening to you. That's happening to your employees. Everyone's kind of doing that. But then there became this, you know, corollary, Hortzman's corollary to Parkinson's law that says our work contracts to fill the time as well. So if, if it's true, it expands. It's also true. It contracts. And then, you know, that idea is that you can take a 10 hour workday and shove it into eight hours. And a lot of people are like, nah, I don't know if you can. Yeah. The day before vacation, it's amazing how much you get done. 
You know, you sent off the emails you need to, you made the hard phone calls, you, you made the edits to the document. I mean, you, you crank it out. And so I, it's that idea that if you get very detailed and structured with your day job, but also with your side hustle and the speaking, but you get very structured, you'll be amazed at how much work you can get done when you're showing up more intentional. When it's that multitasking and toggling back and forth, that's just when before you know it, it's like 8 p.m. at night and you've worked all day and, and, and you're just exhausted. You don't feel you have not, a lot to show for it. So an encouragement to be establish boundaries with your spouse and then get serious about your schedule. Yeah. Good stuff. Corey, uh, you also mentioned the book, uh, Win at Home First. So I definitely would encourage people to uh, check that out. If people want to find out more about you and, and what you're up to, where else can we go? Yeah, for sure. It, well, one thing I'd love to do, Grant, if it, it, for those that are interested, I'd be more than happy to send a, a free book to anyone if they're willing to pay shipping and handling. So it's CoreyMCarlson.com forward slash free book. And so you can choose Win Home First or Rise and Go and love to just you know bless the listeners with whichever book they want that thinks they, they can that would help them. And and so I thank you very much for what you're doing and all the information you're putting out to help all of us become better speakers and whether it's on your YouTube channel, your podcast. So I just I appreciate what you're doing. So thank you for allowing me to speak to your audience. Thanks, man. I appreciate the kind words. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.